All right, everybody. Hello, and you know, thanks for thanks for being here again, tuning into our hella confusing twenties. Uh, you know, with Jeremy, aka not funny, funny guy. That's me. That's what I'm calling myself now. You know, that's my uh, my internet name. And um, yeah, and this podcast. You know, if it's uh, if it's your first time listening, then it's uh. It's basically me just kind of go on going on some self journey. That's not a word. Uh, so that's not a phrase. Uh, that's not a self hyphen journey. What the hell am I saying? Self growth, baby. Self growth, self development. You know the uh, the journey to become the best version of myself. You know to become uh, self actualized. And uh, I'm 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 rambling a little bit. And you know what? That's just uh, that's. That's what I do sometimes, but you know I'm just talking about the, the the things I'm going through, you know, in the in the confusingness of my twenties, trying to mix in some humor, you know, because I think uh, you gotta laugh, you know, you just uh, you gotta laugh, and <laughs> and I'm hoping you know whether you're on your commute, you know, the thing podcasters always say, whether on your commute, whether you're at the gym, whether you're whatever, wherever people listen to podcasts all over the fucking place now, podcasts are goddamn out of control. There's so many, everyone's doing a podcast, and you know what, me too, because I'm a person, I'm part of everyone, and I got things to say, baby, and so, uh, you know, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, if you, if you get even one thing that's useful today, one thing that makes you, or, or distracts you, or get, it gives you a little chuckle, or whatever, you know, have you, then uh, it's worth it, you know, my job is done, as they say, that, that proverb, my job is done, I think that traces back to Lao Tzu. Uh, the guy who wrote Art of War. Not making that up. I'm just making bullshit. Oh my god. Anyway, um, it's been a uh, it's been a long day. It's 10:39 p.m. now, Sydney time. I've been up since around 6:30 a.m. 6:40, and that's late. I mean, we're usually Monica and I are usually up earlier, going to the gym. You know, we're we're uh we're way ahead of you before you even wake up. So just uh know that we're out here. You know, killing it. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but um, you know, we really you, we we try to go to the gym, you know, early early as much as possible. But um, you know, it's it's been a long day, and uh, you know, I I went through a it, it was a bit of a roller coaster day. You know, I kind of this morning I was like meditating and I was finishing off uh, the Barefoot Investor, which is a fucking great personal finance book. I would recommend that to anybody you know who's trying to figure out their finances. Scott Pape, shout out. Yeah, can I get a payment for that endorsement? No, I'm just kidding. He's not going to hear that, and he doesn't know who I am. But uh, he can help you out, you know? He has a lot of helpful information. But I was just overwhelmed with gratitude earlier today. Like, this, these feelings, I don't know, I dropped into some kind of elevated brainwave, you know, like in an airplane, like fucking think and grow rich, like Napoleon Hill's talking about. And I felt like I was just soaring across the mundaneity, no, not soaring across, soaring over, far over, you know, the mundaneity of my daily life and I just like saw the long term long picture of everything and I just oh man meditation is great meditation is so so great if you're not meditating you got to get on that you know <laughs> it really does let you access like different parts of your brain but oh my gosh I'm, I'm talking about all these things um the the point that I really wanted to cover with this podcast is I want to talk about relationships I want to talk about the growing pains of relationships. And, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people don't 
really get into like the nitty gritty of like a lot of the day to day or I guess like parents, right? Like, for example, like my parents, I mean, I saw their relationship. I saw aspects of it, but they didn't really tell me too much about just the kind of actual day to day negotiations of it. And uh, I mean, maybe you have different parents, you know, but I definitely find with Monica, you know, there's a, there's a lot of times where I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I know I love her and I know I want things to be amazing. But of course, I like I make mistakes. And, you know, there's all these things that like, you know, I just I feel quite ill prepared for, you know, like I I don't know, like I just feel like growing up. You know, maybe your experience. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of sick, by the way. I'm, I got some sniffles in my nose. That's why I'm sounding annoying. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, Jeremy, we get it. You're sick. But uh, I just feel like, oh, man, like I wish there was a handbook, you know, <laughs> like I wish I just knew how to be the best partner. And I, I feel like I work on getting better every day. And, you know, I just been obviously thinking about relationships a lot, you know, because uh, obviously you know, I'm, I'm in this place where I'm just willing to do as much work as it takes. You know, I like, I'm never going to give up because I know this is it. That was something my mom did talk to me about, like with her, her and my dad, like she just knew, she just knew he was the one and he knew she was the one. And Monica and I both feel like that. And it's like this weird thing that like, I don't think you can describe that to somebody or, or let them know what it is. But like, you really do just know. Like how people are like, oh, you just know it's so true. Like, it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, I just, it's just obvious to you. It's the strangest thing, but it, it, but hearing people talk about it, it's so universal. And then once you're, it happens to you, you're like, oh, fuck, there's no way I could possibly convey to somebody what this is. They just have to feel it when it's time, you know? And I think, I think in relationships in general, right? I've, I've got some theories now. I've got some, I've got some theories <laughs> based on, you know, just that experience. And I mean, I feel like the reason, and let me just, let me just fucking put a disclaimer on this whole podcast. I'm not saying I have the answers. These are just thoughts that I've thought about that I think, and maybe if something I say is useful to you and helps you in your relationship or helps you find your person or helps you. I guess, find peace with your partner, then like, yeah, you know, our 20s are hella confusing, you know, let's make some, uh, let's make some progress towards peace and positivity. I think the reason a lot of people call it quits is because they get sick of working on their differences. Oh, revelation. No, I know it's nothing new. I know the fucking most common cause on, well, at least when watching movies and shit, when people get divorced, it's like, oh, irreconcilable differences. And, um, but I read today in the barefoot investor, the number one cause of people splitting is fighting about money. I don't know. I don't have the facts. I just tell you things I read and that I see on in media, but you know, um, I, I get it. You know why people are like, Oh, I, these differences are too much. I can never work through that. I think a lot of people get shocked because of how different you realize your partner is from you over time. You know what I mean? Like, you'll you're be like a fucking a year in and you'll fucking go to Roscoe's and you'll be like, what the fuck do you mean you don't like chicken and waffles? I fucking love chicken and waffles. I'm going to fucking divorce you, you pollophobe. You know? 
Okay, that's a stupid example. I don't know. It was just the fucking first random thing that came to mind because it is so asinine. But I just think that, like in the beginning, right? I talked about this with my friend Arian, my, my, my fucking boy, Arian Kassam. In the beginning, it is, it's the similarities that bring you together. You're like, oh my God, you like, you feel like this is similar and this is similar and this value and this value and this pillar, this experience. And you're like, holy fuck, we're the same person, you know? And like, oh my God, we are the same. This is so crazy. I, I can't even believe this. And then over time, it's like, oh, wow, we're so different <laughs> as humans are. And like, and I think it's sometimes too, it's easy to forget, you know, the, the things that, you know, are so similar. Because you're just, every day, there's like a new difference, a new difference, a new difference. And it's like, over time, you see all the things that really show you just how different your upbringings were. And it's like, oh, she sees the world this way and this experience that way. And she thinks it's not okay to do this. And I think it is okay to do this. Like, I don't think it's a big deal to do this because I see it this way. And sometimes it can be upsetting because you're like, how the fuck does my partner see it that way? But I really, you know, I think it's super important to always, here's my fucking first useful tip. I think it's super important to always remember the innocence in all of that and truly to just like assume good intentions. It's like your partner didn't choose to see the things the way that they do. It's a product of a lot of years of shit you know and it's like it's so innocent it's like that's just how it is that's just how they see it that's just how they process it like there's no need to be upset or like oh fuck i wish they saw it the same way i did like that's the whole world man everybody is trying to make everyone see this fucking things the same exact way they see it and that's why there's so much drama because we no one sees it the same we're all different and if people just started to cherish each other's differences more than trying to, you know, force homogeneity is, I don't even know if I said that right. Homogeneousness. That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying? If you try to make everyone see the things the way you are, then what the hell is the point of anyone doing anything? You know, we don't want that, man. We want diversity. We want uniqueness. We want that, that, um, iconoclasty of experience, you know? And if you're, if your partner wants to, they can start to change now you know, now that they know that that's a thing that's, you know, that's different. And if they, you know, they, they, they see there's, if there, if there is something problematic, you know, cause like I, I, I will admit there are some things that are seen as differences where it's like, oh, that's like, but I feel like you got to measure it against like lo- like lo- a logical standard. Like, is it harming anyone the way I see the world? Is it insensitive? Is it selfish? Or like, does it, is it attached to negative traits? And then I think in that case, then it's like, you should change that. You know, if your partner is like, gross thought you do that and blah, 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 blah. Like that's very, you know, impolite, perhaps. I don't know where I thought of that example. Not like your boy is impolite. Wink, wink. I am pretty impolite and some at times and can be a grub, but I'll get into that later. But I think, uh, you know, that, that there are some times when it's really good to look at yourself and be like, you know what? I think I would be a better person, you know, a more empathetic kind caring person and lover and friend oh my god like that freaking old usher song who is it with Lil john tell me again that we'll be lovers and friends oh my god i'm so sick and i haven't sung in so long i'm so out of practice anyway let's just forget that but when the differences are popping up i think it's about navigating the things that are unacceptable to each of you you know where it's like okay here's a difference how do i really feel about that difference like, is it something I can appreciate? Is it something that's okay? It's like, oh, that's cute. You see the way they were, the, the, the world that way. 
You know, I appreciate that difference. Or is it something like this is awful, this is terrible, and I absolutely, you know, I can't tolerate that in a partner. And then if your partner is like, can like humble themselves and be like, yo, like, I understand that. And I'm going to work on changing that, you know, which I think I've had to do a lot. Um, then I think that's great. But then I think it's when your t- partner is like, whether it is something they really believe in for whatever reason, they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to change. That's important to me. I'm going to keep that forever. Or if it is something that they're just like being arrogant about and it's like ego and they're like, I'm not going to change for you. You know, I'm going to keep that. Even if it's that important to them, they're just going to keep it just to like prove a point. That's whack, you know? Fuck fuck that motherfucker, you know? And I try to check myself and and not fall into that category of a loser face. But I do think at the end of the day, you know, you got to be aware of like, what are your unshakable core values that make you who you are? And, you know, I think your partner needs to do that as well, because then you can really see the synchronicity between you two. Or like the really significant, like the, the, the valuable differences, like the, or the differences in values. And like, oh, this dude, what is it? Patrick Bet David, I think. He's like a super big, you know, CEO of like a huge insurance company in the States. He was on Impact Theory and he was just talking about like, <clears throat> pardon me. He was like, you know, I encourage everybody, every value you hold, really question it. Why do I value that? Who gave that to me? How do I feel about it now? And it's not for the sake of always being like, oh, that's a value I've had. Let's get rid of it. You know, that's not what it's about. It's about just reassessing. And then so if it is a value that you no longer, I guess, kind of resonate with, you can chop it out of your life. But in many other instances, you really find new appreciation for that value when you really make it your own. And then it deepens down and becomes a conviction and I feel like that's a lot of the part of the work, too, of like, you know, um, of negotiating, you know, when you when you find that person you want to spend your life with. Like, what are the values that I want to clip away? What is not serving me anymore? What are the ones that I really want to dig, dig deep in, you know? And like, you know what? This is going to be great for us and going to help us live a great life. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let me think of freaking Midnight in Paris when it's like, what's the song? Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Birds do it. Bees do it even constipated fleas do it that's not one of the lyrics i don't think let's fall in love anyway um i think that's the part where (laughs) a lot of people get fucked up because if you haven't done that work of knowing what you're all about and what you stand for how the fuck are you gonna have anything to contribute to the relationship you know what i mean like you're trying to be a fucking puzzle piece but you're just a square you don't got any ridges and divots and shit to like align to another person's ridges and divots you're just like flat and non-specific you know <laughs> and like the best case you can do in that situation is like you latch onto somebody and let them become your identity but that's gonna fuck you up in the long run being that dependent because that all you are is like them and then you know you can't be together all the time and make them your life because you know they have their own things they got to do and then when they're away then what, what does that make you and blah 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 blah. basically it's a bad idea you know but once you know those core um you know unshakable values are the same i honestly think that's enough to get you through absolutely anything like any of the differences that might arise like for me personally you know like because you know, these these really, really significant core values and experiences and things with Monica and I are so like, oh, like, so just right spot on. And I just really, it just means so much to me. And I just, 
I know that never in a million years, like I could, I could scour the earth. There's not a person, you know, alive who would be a better fit for me than her and who I could, could love in the same way and just want to just make so happy and spend my life with and do anything. Like I just know that so deeply and that's enough for me to get through anything because if there's friction that arises, I just kind of look at myself like, where's that friction coming from? Is this thing that's an issue really that significant in the face of, you know, our our mutual values, our mutual love? I'm like, oh, this little difficulty, this little argument, whatever it is, like it's nothing, you know? Like, oh, like, oh, I, you, I should use my utensils this way because that's like polite. That's nothing, you know what I mean? Or I should do this, blah, 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 blah. Like really like things that like, you know, if you're not being mindful and controlling yourself, you know, I think this is human nature to focus on negativity and defensiveness and annoyance and blah, 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 all these kind of bad things. But I think the positivity, you know, that's another thing I'm thinking, grow rich. Oh my gosh. But it's true though. It's like, if you're not tending your mind, the negative things naturally just fill in and like kind of overtake you. And so you need to deliberately fight that and cut that off or, or transmute it, as Napoleon Hill would say, into positive things. And so I'm always doing that. You know, when the negative kind of uh, impulse or whatever base desire comes up, I stop, I look at it, I'm like, what's that going on? I'm like, oh, that's stupid monkey brain or whatever the fudge, you know, that's not coming from a me place that's not a good place it's just a passing thing nip it in the bud focus on the positivity realize that the most important things are you know the the positivity the mutual values all that all the beautiful stuff all that beautiful stuff and i mean like i mentioned too right like all those core values you do have like it is a choice like it is something that you can dig deeper in or try to change or just fight i mean it's not easy it's simple to explain and it's true you know, you can do those things. You can choose your values. It's not easy to get rid of a value that you've just kind of been trained with and have your whole life. And when I talk about stuff like that, like I think sometimes I can seem like like such a fucking pedant, you know, like so fucking pedantic. And it's like, shut the fuck up, motherfucker. And I do think, you know, here's a little another little nugget of advice. And I think it's mostly for guys because I think it's mostly guys who fucking make this mistake. <laughs> but I think whenever you try to talk about emotional issues from a more technical place, which I have like, I can have a habit of doing. And it's like, oh, I, but I read this or I heard this. For me, that's just me trying to take a, the, the kind of wisdom of people who've been through it and apply it and for use. But there's so much room to come off the wrong way and send the wrong messages. And you can sound so like detached. And this is like, you just always, 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 always. I don't know how many more times I can say always. You always got to come from the heart when you're dealing with real shit. And I'm coming to learn that, you know, it's like, fucking let me just shut the fuck up and forget about what I've read and what I've heard and just like close my eyes and just let that fucking let my heart speak, you know? And sometimes it's that infinite intelligence, that kind of intangible spiritual aspect, God, the universe, whatever. I don't know. It just kind of comes through you. And I just, I just burped. I don't know if you caught that anyway. It just comes through you and speaks and it, it's real and it's true. And, you know, it doesn't come from anything you've personally experienced, you know, through a, like, like consciously sometimes, but it's like, it's, it's so real. And I'm coming to learn that, you know, through uh, too much trial and error, a lot of trial and error. <laughs> but I, I really do, you know, believe that's important. 
And I'm trying to do that more consistently because, of course, you know, uh, I, I fall short and we backpedal. That's another thing. Like, you're never going to change overnight. Like, you'll make, like, something bad will happen. You'll make progress and it'll be good for a couple of weeks and then you'll fucking regress. And because that's how the human mind works. That's how our habituations are. That's how, you know, it's like, oh, you slip up and you don't catch yourself. But over time, you know, it's like there's more and more space between the slip ups and eventually you don't slip up anymore and you have that change and it's there. And I think it's different for everybody. I don't know the fucking science and the stats, but basically what I'm saying is sometimes I come off as didactic, but I'm really just trying to apply ideas that I'm hoping are going to assuage the situation, you know? I'm always trying to fix things and make make things better and come to mutual understanding. And that's the thing is like, you know, and this is another big idea that I think everyone talks about, but I'm like really coming to understand it on like a more uh, visceral place, like in my body, like we do have different love languages and ways of communicating. And I think I always have the best intentions. Monica always has the best intentions. And we're always trying to come to a place of mutual understanding and make each other happy and make each other feel better. But just the way that we communicate at sometimes like it doesn't feel like that to the other person and things can get out of hand. And it's like, I mean, that's one of the difficulties, you know? That's one of the difficulties, but it's like always reminding yourself, you know what, my, my, my lover, my love is, you know, is coming from a good place. They're really trying to do good right now. And it's just my whatever habits or way I think or what, what, I don't even know what it is, why I'm taking it in a bad way, but they don't mean it in a bad way. And that helps, you know? And I think that's, um, I think you really have to just get to that place quicker and quicker, you know, to, to really kind of alleviate a lot of the suffering that can happen from just miscommunication. And, um, yeah, you know, all that being said too, like when I was talking about, you know, core, core values being a choice, I remember I, I was watching like another episode of impact theory and this guy Tom was interviewing was asked how he defined beliefs. And he was like, a belief is a bundle of neurons in our brain that proved useful for getting through a certain time in our lives. And, you know, I didn't fact check that at all. I don't know if that's fucking scientifically accurate. I don't understand all, you know, all the mechanisms and biochemistry behind it. But I do find that idea useful as shit. And I think that, you know what, I think it's important to, to, you know, hold on to those ideas that are useful to you and that help you be a better person. Because basically, like, thinking of it in that way, it's like, oh, all these beliefs I had, I don't need to hold on to them so closely. I don't need to hold on to them so tightly. Because it's just neurons that, you know, uh, maybe my mom gave me, my dad gave me, something gave me. And, you know, it it helped me get through a certain period, perhaps, you know, survive. And, uh, you know, then just check it. Like, oh, is it still useful? You know, is it still useful? Is it still helping? Do I still want this? And if the answer is no, fucking kick that shit to the curb, baby. And let's get a new bundle of neurons that's more positive and useful for my current stage in life, you know? And I was watching this uh, this video the other day. <laughs> oh my God, I quote so many things. Oh God, I fucking would be so annoyed listening to myself. It's like, okay, you watch a video. Okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna fucking credit people anymore. I'm just gonna take all these ideas as my own. I'm gonna try that out and see how I sound like that. No, I shouldn't do that. That's bad. Ownership isn't real. Thanks, Shia LaBeouf. Um, I'll pre- <laughs> isn't that so funny? I say an idea about ownership not being real, and then I credit it to the person that I heard it from. Anyway, the irony. And one of those ideas that he mentions is, uh, you know, in this video, is that we act in accordance with who we believe we are. And so, like, if we think of ourselves as an extrovert, we naturally are going to do more extroverted things. 
If we think of ourselves as an athlete, you know, we're going to work out and, you know, do the active shit, you know, and like whatever uh, sport you're in, you're like, oh, I think of myself as a basketball player. I'm going to play basketball. I think of myself as a tennis player. I'm going to play tennis. And so it's like, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And a lot of us don't really think about when we form those ideas about who we are and what we are. But oftentimes we form those ideas at a young age, like super young when we know dick all (laughs) about the world. And a lot of us really carry those ideas around for like way too long, cementing them as beliefs tied to our identity because we have this need as people to know who we are and have answers and define ourselves and be like, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. These are the things I like because it gives us comfort to like have that kind of solid story. But really, you know, think like there's so much change that happens to most of us between the time we first make that story and then like, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, And a lot of us don't even bother to try to change the story or think about it or anything. And so we're just kind of, you know, it's the same thing. I Well, not the same thing, but it's similar to what I mentioned about, well, like, what's useful, you know? Like, a a lot of things we carry as baggage, that's like comfort. And uh, it's, but it's, we don't realize how much it's harming us and or limiting us, you know? Like, that shit is super, like, it really is all a choice. Because you could be like, oh, like, fuck, am I really an extrovert? Or do I just act that way because I think I should? And like, do I want to keep being that way? Do I want to be extroverted? Or like, or is it weird to try to be introverted? Maybe I should just, you know, engage in the ways that feel natural to me and not worry about labeling it. Or people could be like, hmm, here, is it really my life's purpose to make $600,000 a year? Or am I really just seeking happiness and, you know, contentment? And I've been conditioned to think that's the way to get it. You know, and that's, oh, wow. How deep is that? You know, the reason I say all that shit is, is because like, uh, and the reason I say all that shit is because, you know, like, I, I mean, Mark Manson, the guy who wrote Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and now whatever the fuck, a book about hope. Oh, no, everything is fucked, a book about hope. You know, and he talks about how he, you know, is a big proponent of the, I, this, the Buddhist idea that, you know, the self is just an illusion. And I heard about that when I was in Vipassana, you know, the 10 day retreat. You know, where it's like the, the our idea of self really is like this construct, you know. And another thing they said in Vipassana is like if you look at like, a, like the physical structure of things, right, like on a molecular level or a microscopic level, whatever, maybe more than microscopic. Is there more? Uh, subatomic? I don't know what the hell. I forget the science, all right? I'm way past seventh grade. I knew it back then. <laughs> but um, molecules are always in different places. You know, like, like technically, right, you touch a table, you touch a solid, there's technically more space between the molecules than molecules itself, like more space between the matter, and then it's just energy holding it together. And so like, we're energy, we're vibrations, we're sensations, things are always changing, and then you're gone. But waves don't die, the life of Pablo. Anyway, the idea of that, that, that the self is a fixed thing. Like a lot, a lot of us think of ourselves as like this fixed thing that requires defending. But I honestly think like, fuck that, you know, we can move toward being whoever we want to be at any time. And again, that's not to say that you should, but you, but it's so important, I think, to, to always remember you can and that habits are strong, but the mind is way stronger. And so it's like, is who I am are these things about me being conducive to this relationship that I'm in that I care so much about? Like what's really more important to me, staying this way or or making this relationship work and being the best version of me that is, you know, the best for 
this person I love. And like, I really feel like the ideal, what you want, and what I absolutely feel like me and Monica have is like, I feel like we inspire each other to work to be the very best versions of ourselves. And I think that's so incredibly beautiful. Like, you know, like the, the amount of motivation she gives me, the amount of like beauty in my heart because of her, the artistry she inspires me with is, is out of this world. It's unprecedented, you know, like nothing else fucking compares to that. You know, and it's like me personally, like I had a lot of bad habits that I used to tie to my identity. Like, oh, that's just how I am. That's just how I am. That's just what I do. But like upon introspection, is that really identity? Is that really an uncompromisable aspect of me? Most of the time, it's no. My At the end of the day, my greatest value is to make Monica happy. And I mean, and I tell her this, and I think sometimes it's hard for her to believe me. <laughs> just because my behavior, like those miscommunications, right? It seems like, fuck, is that really what this motherfucker values? But it's true in my heart. And so I'll change whatever I need to do to do that, you know, because everything else is secondary to that. I think, and that's truly like, I think how you know, like that's your person, you know, when every, absolutely everything becomes secondary, everything about yourself as well, you know? And I also, but also here that here's the danger though, is like, if if you're feeling that way for a fucking shitty person, (laughs) then you can get yourself in a lot of trouble and like very hurt, you know? And it's like, I know what an incredible person she is. Like she's the best person I've ever met. And I I just know she's always going to want the best for me. And she would never intentionally hurt me. And she would never want to do anything that took away from my happiness. And so because I know that of her and I trust her so much, I completely am giving unto myself, my heart, my wishes, my values, everything unto her. You know, it's all secondary because that is like that foundation and that basis, you know, and, uh, you know, some, I think sometimes people are, you know, they, they put someone first above everything when that person really doesn't have their best interest at heart, you know, and sometimes it's unintentional. Like sometimes people just don't know what they're, what they want or what they're doing and they're floating along. And there's so many things that motivate people that aren't good, like fear, you know, and like all these kinds of things, like my life before, you know, like I was very motivated by fear and like doing these things I thought I should. And like all these ideas I thought about life and how it was supposed to be. And like, and I was just like really, really wrong, you know? And I, but I just didn't know that because I didn't have the experiences and the, and the knowledge to, to know like what was right, uh, you know? And like, I just like, but Monica isn't like that at all. You know, like I just, I know like she would never up and be like, Hey, Jeremy, like stop acting. Like, I don't want you to do any YouTube. I don't want you to do any podcasts, you know, just stop all your artistic stuff. I want you to do this now. Mm. Like she supports all that stuff, like a jillion percent, you know, she would never ask me to stop. And I support her happiness also a jillion percent. You know, and so, you know, whenever there's like a little thing that's like, you know what, I should change that. I'll do that in a heartbeat because or I'll I'll make the decision to do it in a heartbeat. Sometimes it takes, you know, like I mentioned, trial and error to really get there. But I'll do it because that's the shit that serves me now and serves her now. Like that's the growth. That's the path to happiness. That's what you want to be on. And I think that is like the process of becoming an adult and becoming a man and becoming the best person you want to be. And I don't think it's related to age because I think a lot of people get into the 30s, 40s, 50s and they don't want to do that because they want to be selfish. And I mean, that's fine too. Like if, if that's if that brings you happiness or if they think it's going to bring them happiness, then that's cool. But a lot of people I don't think ever learn how to make those sacrifices or force themselves to make those sacrifices or 
or just try to become that person who is selfless and who is, you know, give it, giving of yourself unto, you know, a cause that you believe is greater, which to me is like, is our relationship in our future, you know? And like another aspect too of like my value is like, if there was an ultimatum, even though I know it wouldn't happen, like I would give, I would give up everything for her. Like I know she would never ask me to like quit all those things. But if for some reason I had to, to guarantee the happiness of our relationship and us, I would a thousand percent do it, you know? And that might seem like a contradiction, but if you get me, you know what I'm saying? If you get exactly what I'm saying, leave a five-star review. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you're my fucking tribe, baby. Woo woo. I'll call you onto the show and you can be a guest. You could Skype in. (laughs) No, but, uh, you know, if you, if you get me, you get me, you know, You, you know what I mean by that? And the thing too, like, even though I, I think everything about me is changeable and dispensable and I'm not attached to it, I would never ask her to be the same way. And I think that's so important is like, just because this is my way that goes back to, you know, was I talking about this in the beginning of the podcast or was this from a different thing? Anyway, you can't ever force your, your ways on people. Like, even when your way is the fact that you're not attached to your ways, you can never try to ask somebody you love to be like that, too. And try to say, like, this, you, like, you should be malleable like this. Like, you should, your values are indispensable just as mine are. Like, that's fucking, like, bullshit, you know? Like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, you need to love the person, whether it's your partner. This is like, okay, so this is about partner relationships and girlfriends, boyfriends, you know, wives, husbands, fiancés. But I think this also goes for like parents and siblings and things like that. It's like, you got to love them exactly as they are. You know, you can't try to be changing them all the time. You know, that's that, that leads to so much pain, so much strife. Even if you see them hurting, you know, if you know, like the way, like they're causing themselves unnecessary stress, they're causing themselves all this, like you're not going to help by like trying to force them to see things the way you see it. Like the best thing I think you can like, okay, if you obviously see someone you love is causing themselves pain, I think the best way to do it is by being endlessly patient, endlessly, you know, who you are and what your values are that bring you that peace and that, that joy. And then when they see you obviously like way less freaked out than them, they're like, damn, like, how do you do it? You know, like, what are you, and then if they come to you wanting like that advice and that change, then that's cool. Then be like, all right, here's what you do. But you can never, ever, you know, think your way is, is the way like, that's such a, like, you need to always also remember, like it works for you and that's amazing. And that's as far as it goes, you know what I mean? And if it goes any farther than that, any further than that, you become like a fucking dickhead asshole, you know? And like, psh, psh, psh. Like the shit that is true for you is not always going to be true for other people and different things help different people. And when you try to do a one size fits all thing and force your beliefs on other, you fuck the motherfucking game up, you know? So just fucking be you and you know what? That's it. But honestly, like with Monica, like there's genuinely nothing about her. I change nothing about her. That's a deal breaker to me. She's like incredible. Like honestly, genuinely the most inspiring, incredible like perfect fucking person I've ever met. And it's fucking insane, you know? And anybody who does not feel that about their partner, like I pity you. I pity you because, oh man, to, oh man, I could never, I could never settle for anything less. I could never go back to anything. Like I could never, you know, oh, 
I just I could never lose her. Like I could never like knowing how good it can be. Like now that I know that nothing else will do, you know, and it's and it's sad for me to think that there are people who are like living lives where that's not what they have, you know, and people do that for decades or even lifetimes. And it's just like, (laughs) I pity the fool, you know, I pity the fool. You know, what's so fucked up about it, though, too, is like, you know, just going back to like the kind of communication differences, the love language differences. Sometimes like when there are like disagreements or little arguments or things like that, like the things that I think are going to help make things better are not always, you know, and actually, okay, quite often not, (laughs) quite often not the things that she feels will make them better. So a big part of it too is learning how to communicate with your partner in a way that is well received. So it's like, okay, here's an idea in my head that I want to show her what wording, what feelings, what emotions do I need to employ so she sees the positivity and good intentions of me trying to express this. And that really does come down to listening so much and just getting to know, you know, like how your partner, when when, when she when she's talking to me, like what is she like, you know, what are... How does she feel about certain things? And then how do I internalize that and memorize that and understand that and then translate that? So when I am trying to say something, I know the way to do it where it's really going to come through in the way that I want it to. And that is fucking tough shit. That is like pro tip. That shit is so hard this is my my third big advice i guess that i'm like that i that i thought of like oh my god this needs to be a you know a a pro tip work on that you know really really like get good at that you know when you find that person because that's that's gonna make all the difference like when you get that down it's like smooth sailing you know then like i mean well a lot smoother you know and then you can like worry about like the, the facing all the difficult stuff together you know, and I think that's like a big part of, you know, what people talk about when they talk about how difficult relationships can be because that work is fucking hard as shit. You know, it's like, oh my God, why am I trying to do this over and over and over again? And it's like not coming across and that can be so incredibly frustrating, you know, but you just got to always remember it's never intentional. That's just the inherentness. I mean, that's just inherent to, you know, us being different individuals. But honestly, you know, like everything good in the world, everything I love in this life, I see in Monica's eyes and I know so deeply I'll never give up on doing this work because she's the most worth it, incredible person of all time in the fucking multiverse. And that's, that's how I hope you feel. You know, when you, when you find that person, it's like, it's like of recognizing, oh, wow, this is so, this can, this can be so tough. But the good times are so incredible. And I know that if I just keep working through this and I just keep pushing and I just keep trying to, you know, get, get rid of all the negativities and the miscommunications I and, and, and understand and truly understand her, then in the end, it's going to be so, so much more than worth it. You know, it's just going to be a land of magic and splendor that I cannot even fathom, you know? And so that's right. Like, when it comes to relationships as well, like I really believe that the mutual joy of you two should be more important than your opinions. And like, a, I think a big thing for people is like a lot of people have a tough time with that. You know, 
like they're like, oh, but I really, you know, I, they want to win or be right or whatever, or they think their opinion and not just saying, okay, sorry, like it doesn't matter or just dropping it. And I, I'll admit I've struggled with this, but I don't want to because at the end of the day, us being happy truly is like, if you ask me, I'm in a good mood. You're like, Jeremy, what's more important? Any opinion you have on anything or the happiness of you and Monica? I'll say, of course, our happiness. You know, what's more important, your beliefs about anything or your mutual joy? Mutual joy easily, you know? It's just like whoever you think you are or think you need to be or what you need to say or all that stuff, in the face of sacrificing the good feelings between you and your partner, it doesn't matter. Like what you should need to be above all is the best fucking partner you can be. And when you both have that, and you speak to each other with kindness and respect and assume those good intentions, but also hold each other and yourselves to the highest fucking standards. And you can pursue your dreams hand in hand and fucking make this life your little bitch. You know, you can absolutely smash your dreams. And people, you know, a lot of people and myself included, you know, I've been like this, uh, you know, at times in my life, you know, it's like, oh my God, you're trying to change me. But you've got to recognize like, is the change positive or negative? And what makes you think it's either or? Because definitely people have tried to change me in negative ways before, in ways that is like, fuck that shit. But also with Monica, like every single time that there is a change that needs to be addressed, it's always for the positive with Monica because she just has the best intentions. She just wants the best for me. And it's just, that's that growth, baby. We should always be striving for that positive change. And everything that's ever happened happened between Monica and I has been that, you know? And it's just like, it's, it's the most beautiful thing, you know? And, like, there's times where, like, you know, like, the, the the negativity, like I mentioned, you know, how negativity will just kind of creep in, like, automatically. Like, sometimes uh, I, I, I'll, I'll be more insecure than I've ever been in my life because I've never had so much to lose. You know what I mean? But it's also realizing, like, I have to remind myself, like, oh, but it's, it's I'm not going to lose her. I'm not going to lose this. So just stop freaking out. You know what I mean? And just, like, put in those, con- like, you got to reinvigorate yourself with the feelings of faith with the feelings of positivity with the feelings of love and romance and just like remind yourself not to let those kind of negative things just creep in as they will automatically do if you're not actively fighting against them you know and at times of course like because of our habits and the way we are as people like it can be emotional hearing things about yourself you need to change and you know you can you can easily feel like oh i'm not good enough like, oh my gosh, there's another thing, there's another thing, there's another thing, you know, and I like, you, I can feel so worthless, like, oh my God, there's so many things, like, why am I so worthless, why am I so shit, but then it's like about stepping back and being like, wait, no, I'm not shit, I'm not worthless, I just have bad habits, like, I am not those bad habits, they don't define me, they're just things that I've come to do for whatever reason, there are things that I can learn to undo for the best reason, which is the happiness of our future. And so it's like getting rid of those things, right? Like dressing better or having better hygiene or whatever. I mean, those are kind of simple examples. Of course, it can get a little deeper than that. But like just making those changes doesn't make you less yourself. It makes you more yourself. It allows your positive sterling attributes to shine even more. You know, it's that freaking growth versus fixed mindset, baby. Like when you hear about all the things you do that are bad or unacceptable, if you think of yourself as a fixed finished product that deserves unconditional love, 
or not even unconditional love, this is, is unconditional love, but unconditional acceptance, then you're going to think like, oh my God, I'm so shit. Oh my God, this is just how I am. But if you realize like you're always capable of growth and being a better version of yourself, you're not going to get tripped up on that stuff because you're going to say, oh, okay, this is the growth I need to do. I can do it. Easy peasy. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'll be a better Jeremy than I've ever been. There's an idea. I've been doing affirmations and every time in my journal, I'll put in getting 1% better every day you're going to be 365% better at the end of a year. And oh my God, I love that idea. (laughs) But if you don't know about growth and fixed mindset, read that Carol Dweck book, motherfucker, real quick. But it's like, you know, that is that difference of like these people who like the, the unconditional love versus working together to make their relationship and yourselves better every day. And I think just because you're saying like, oh, like, you know, babe, do this or maybe try to do that. That doesn't mean you're not unconditionally loved. You know what I mean? Like they still love you and the reason they, they're trying to, I guess, push you along to be better and, and, you know, have these kind of more useful positive habits is because of that love. Like if you love somebody, you want to see them be their best and be their, their happiest, you know? And I just think, you know, in terms of those ideas, like what's, what's useful, what's serving me, I think it's always more useful to see yourself as a work in progress than as a finished product because that's just going to help you work hard every day. And like when you see yourself as that work in progress, you're like, oh, the sky's the limit. Who knows where I'm going to take this, you know? I'm going to take it as far as I can go, baby. <laughs> and so I think, you know, when, when you're in a relationship, you just got to realize your thoughts are just thoughts. You know, they're just passing across the surface of your mind. They're not you. They don't define you. You can let them go whenever you want. You can choose to let it pass. You know, like, for example, if uh, something is said to me and I start thinking, oh, my God, why did I do that? I'm such a useless piece of shit. Oh my God, I didn't do anything right. Realize that like, just because I'm thinking it doesn't make it true. Also doesn't make it me. I can just let it pass through my mind and just be like, you know what? No, it's not true. I'm fucking dope as shit and I'm growing every day and I'm going to be amazing. You know, everybody talks about that stuff. You know, everybody talks about like the passing nature of thoughts like this. There's this dude, I think his name is Michael Gervais. He has this podcast, you know, Finding Mastery. He talks about that, you know, like you can't control the thoughts that come into your mind. You can just control your reaction to them, whether you give them weight, whether you act on them. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, you know, in the You Can Be Happy book, he talks about that. They talked about it at Vipassana, the 10-day meditation. You know, just remember, pro 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 tip number four. I mean, there's so many more than four pro tips throughout this thing, but... Main one, number four, your thoughts aren't you. You can let them pass, you know. Another, like, I guess a kind of spin on it that I read in uh, The Actor and the Target by Declan Donnellan, which is like this fantastic acting book. Like when he's trying to, you know, help people act, there's also really useful stuff there about just being a person because he says you can't control your feelings. You know, you're playing Romeo. You can't force yourself to feel certain things on stage. All you control are the actions you take. You know, so it's like through the actions you do and the way you do them, that's, you know, how is what is conveyed to people, you know, what they think you are feeling, you know, all those sorts of things. And I think that's very true of life, too, is like you can't control your feelings, just your actions. So it's like when those feelings arise, what are you going to do? Are you going to act in response to it? Are you going to counteract it? Are you going to or just do nothing? Just let it pass, you know? I like a really useful idea, too, that I I read in one of these things. Oh, no, I think it was the You Can Be Happy book. There is no time minimum on getting over anything. Let's say I work on a TV show for months and months that I think is going to be great, and I produce it. Nobody likes it. And it's like, I can, maybe, I can let that ruin my life. 
I can choose to become bitter and never do anything again because I said, you know what? I tried my best and it wasn't good enough and I'm just shit. And I can let that, you, you, you can let that dictate you for as long as you want. Or as soon as the negative feedback comes in, I can be sad for a day, 12 hours, one hour, 30 minutes. I'm like, all right, on to the next. You know, I learned from that. Let me move on. And it's like people have traumatic things happen to them. People have bad things happen to them. And they'll hold on to that story for years and for decades. And why do they do that? Like to protect themselves, you know? Like, do they think they're protecting themselves? Like, oh, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. Or because they want to justify their fear or they want to justify this negative behavior they're acting out with, you know, revenge, retaliation, whatever, you know, which again, right, negative stuff, if you don't actively counteract it, it will naturally come into your mind, into your heart. But it's like, you can let yourself, and a lot of people do that without realizing they have a choice. They don't think it's a choice. But it is a choice and you have one life. So what I'm trying to say is let go, be happy because it's going to be easier every time. Every time you fight off this negative thing that's coming between you and your lover and your partner and it it gets easier and easier every time. And once you weather those storms, like the other side, you know that the skies are shiny and and they have, there's clouds if you like clouds and it's it's clear of clouds if you don't like clouds you know <laughs> like let's say you kind of work through something hard and like oh let's say you you know you're you're feeling down and you feel down for 12 hours but then you catch yourself you you fix it and then next time it's only 11 hours and 10 hours and like eventually you keep training yourself you'll catch it immediately or before it even happens and switch to positivity and basically You know, all I've been trying to do this whole podcast, I think I have to sneeze. Like these are just genuinely the things that I think are so, so valuable towards really, you know, when you find that person who, you know, you want to spend your life with and, you know, you really want to make them happy and, and, you know, you want to do whatever you need to do to make it work. Like the stuff I've just been talking about, I really feel like that's the work. You know, I feel like that's the work you got to do. And just like, you know, if you just remember those things, like, you know, put your mutual happiness first, put them first, you know, realize how malleable you are and all these habits and realize what your bad habits are and your negative emotions and all these things and just fight it. You're going to be great. You know, you're going to be great and you're going to be happy and you're going to be a stronger and a better person every day. I want to thank you so much for being here today. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I hope that, you know, that there was something of value in it. And, uh, you know, I've been reading hella books and shit lately and, and going through stuff. And, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I'll keep podcasting, you know. So uh, check in, uh, check in, I don't know, next week. I'll probably do one next week. Check in, you know, uh, periodically, baby. Subscribe or whatever. Five stars. Give me a rating. <sighs> Honestly, whatever you want to do, I'm just happy you're here. And I'm just happy you're here, and I'm hoping I'm giving you value, and hopefully I'm not sick the next time I record. But, uh, you know, Jeremy, not funny, funny guy, signing out. And this podcast is dedicated to the love of my life. The most gorgeous, beautiful, inside-and-out woman in the entire multiverse in the history of time. Monica, Cassandra, Maliari Kapala, I love you, baby. I love you so much, baby. <laughs> like at the end of the R&B songs when they're talking I love you so much baby you take care now I girl I just I couldn't live without you okay 
Good night from Jeremy to you. Ugh. <laughs>